white sand beaches, a rich dance culture, and the most wins in the world-famous singing competition, Eurovision. The Republic of Ireland is also known as the Emerald Isle for its beautiful green scenery. Just recently, Ireland's population reached 5 million people for the first time since the tragic potato famine of 1845 to 1852. I had the wonderful opportunity to speak with my friend Sarah, who is a young leader in her community. Sarah informed me of the cultural pride Irish people have highlighting the large heritage center outside of the capital city, Dublin, and multiple castles located all over the country representing Irish culture. She also explained to me that in addition to English, they have their own Irish language and shared with me her favorite dish, a full Irish breakfast. Sarah gave me her perspective that although we are raised in different societies with different values, Sarah finds more similarities than differences between youth all over the world. I have to say I see more similarities. Obviously there's the difference between cultures and traditions and people are so different from all over the world because we've all grown up in different places and with different values and things like that. But I really think that at the end of the day, the more people you meet across the world, the more you realize we all are the, just the same. We're all people at the end of the day, you know? And like, I really enjoyed though, getting to know different types of people, their different traditions, the way they live. Hello everybody. You are listening to Evan Worldwide. On this podcast, I'm going to take you on a journey around the world. You will hear young people's perspectives on culture, conflict, and cuisine. So let's go. I'm Sarah, I'm 17 years old, and I live in Dublin in Ireland. Would you say that there's a lot of conflict in Ireland? So not at present. Historically, there would have been. Um, however, in Dublin, there you don't really see it as much. We're not really aware of it. Um, at the moment, though, there wouldn't be that much conflict. It would have more been in the past. So when you're talking about in the past, what kind of conflict would that be? So there would have been uh, some political conflict between the North and the Republic of Ireland, obviously. And as you know, like Ireland's a relatively new country with the 1916 rising. That was only in 1916, so just over 100 years ago. So we're still building up. <laughs> so this conflict between the North and the Republic of Ireland, has that has there always been conflict or has this only been recent because of Brexit? Um, oh no, this would have been before Brexit, but um, th there isn't actually conflict between Brexit. The one thing that Ireland, um, that I can talk about later, we have a really like interesting culture, but also it dates back so far and I, I won't get into it all, but like I've back from the Celts and then famine and then after that, the English settlers came here. So we have a bit of a mix of everything in our culture. So even for people who are coming to Ireland, if they wanted to visit, we have an Irish National Heritage Centre and it's only an hour from Dublin and you can actually stay the night in a wattle and daub, I think it's called, uh, like a house, like a mud house that they lived in in the Celtic times. And it's so interesting. And they tell you all about the history of Ireland and stuff. That is so cool. I guess I have another question. Would you say that a lot of Irish people are connected with the Irish heritage? I'd say so. And I also have to say, I think one really nice thing is, and even though a lot of people don't like doing it, I think speaking Irish in schools is a nice way of connecting people with the language. Like everyone has to take Irish as a language, um, except you can get exemptions if you weren't born in Ireland or if you move after a certain age. I don't know if you heard of Kayleigh's. 
Kaylee's. No, I've never heard of Kaylee's. So it's basically like Irish, not dancing, but it's kind of like a typical like dancing hall. And everyone goes to the hall after dinner time in their houses. Everyone stays in different houses around in the kind of village where it's all uh, set. And you do all kind of typical Irish dances in like groups kind of in a hall. And it's actually really nice. That's it's a really nice way of kind of connecting with your heritage, I guess. That is so fun. Oh, my God. And what kind of do you know, like any of the dances? It would be to, to traditional Irish music kind of and you'd be in fours and the kind of step dances it's really interesting actually the whole culture behind it and how they kind of brought the Kaylee bands to the states and like to England and stuff like that especially when people traveled um abroad and moved there you know and it's so cool how like it's shared with different places okay so I want to get to the next question so what social issues are most prevalent in Ireland Okay, so one thing that would have been kind of a problem here, not a problem, but for a long time would be housing. So there's kind of a housing crisis. It would have been like that for a while, that there's people under government schemes now that they're living in temporary accommodation. They might be living in hotels for certain times. And like I think, and I think everyone would agree with me, that it's so important for people to have a home and somewhere that, that they call a home as a permanent home. So that's one thing that needs to be addressed and it is being addressed by the government and everything. And there have been plans in recent years, but the housing prices as well just keep going up and up, particularly in Dublin, because it would be more of a demand and supply kind of thing, because in Dublin, there's one million people living in Dublin and five million in Ireland. So that's the majority of people live in Dublin. So housing prices just keep going up and up. It's just being spread out into other counties. Then they're building more houses all the time and stuff. But Dublin is becoming more unpopular and popular to live in now that like Apple, Microsoft, they all have their European headquarters here in Ireland. So all these multinational companies. So loads of people want to, not only Irish people want to live here, but there's people coming from abroad now as well. So Wow. And considering that Ireland is an island I guess would you say that it's more difficult now with the potential of overpopulation the thing is, there's not really an overpopulation issue it's more that there's such a demand to live in Dublin because it's such a small part of Ireland I'm pretty sure the population of Ireland was 8 million or something like that before the famine before people emigrated or like died as well obviously in the famine that, that means we still have such a low population compared to before. I'm just curious about the Irish famine. Well, like, how long ago was that? It was in the 1800s. Now, I'm curious about, like, other types of social issues, like racism and homophobia. Would you say those are prevalent in Ireland as well as the housing issue? Um, The thing is, the housing issue would be the more prominent one. Um, Like, anywhere there probably is, but not that I'm aware of, there wouldn't be a really big issue on it. Especially where I live, we'd be very like a big like multicultural society like even I go to an international school it feels like Ireland is so peaceful then do you think that there's a shift in perspective in young people or do young people our age still think that like conflict in Ireland is valid I think like I think also young people nowadays also have social media so we're really informed on different things and we have these platforms now that we can share information and spread awareness on different topics like climate change that's really prominent now at the moment um and human rights and everything I feel like as a generation even within schools and stuff we're learning a lot more how to understand the world around us and also how to make a difference, you know? How do you think that we're making a difference or like what is it that we're doing that is making a difference? I think one big thing is spreading awareness and making sure that other people know about these issues 
then the more people that we have, it's kind of power in numbers, if that makes sense. The more people that know about an issue and want to make an impact, we can all make an impact together. Do you keep up with politics and government in Ireland? Yes, to a certain degree. I'm not like particularly involved in a certain group or anything, but I make sure I'm kept up to date with different news and current issues. Exactly. How do you get your information when you learn more about politics? Um, well, in Ireland, RTE is our national broadcasting station. So it's it stands for Radio Telefish Erin, a bit of Irish for you there. And so obviously I'd look at that and that's where the news comes through and everything. And then there'd also be different Irish newspapers um, because I'd kind of want a variety of information just because no matter what the information is, there's always a leaning towards one side or the other. So it's good to have a bit of a mix of everything, you know. So do you have any friends from different countries or are you, have you met a lot of people from different countries? I see that. I really like this question. Um, so, well, first of all, I go to an international school. So since I was younger, I've had kind of friends come and go. Some of my friends would have come from places like Italy and they would have lived in all different countries around the world, but would have moved back then to where they lived or somewhere else. Like one of my friends was born in Hong Kong, then moved to England, then moved to Ireland, then moved back somewhere else and then moved back to Ireland. And now currently I'd have some of my friends living in places like Bahrain, um, Abu Dhabi, the States as well, um, and just all over the world. And then through MUN, obviously, as well. I would have met friends all over the world in places such as Spain and um, Denmark, Argentina, California. (laughs) Um, And it's great nowadays with social media. You can just keep in contact, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the power of social media and the internet. Keeping that connection as well with people, like, it's amazing being able to keep in contact online. And also, one thing that I have really noticed with getting to know people from other places and maybe you don't see them for a while that you really know a friendship is like a true friendship when you see them and it feels like no time's fast it could have been a year it could have been two years and it feels like no time is fast at all and it's really nice and with all these people you've met from different countries do you see more similarities or differences between these people? Um, I'd have to say I see more similarities. Obviously, there's the difference between cultures and traditions and people are so different from all over the world because we've all grown up in different places and with different values and things like that. But I really think that at the end of the day, the more people you meet across the world, the more you realize we all are just the same. We're all people at the end of the day, you know, and like I really enjoyed, though, getting to know different types of people, their different traditions, the way they live. It's so interesting to see how people grow up in different places all over the world when you're younger and we all kind of turn out so differently. I think it's so interesting. Yeah, definitely. And it shows like the difference of different cultures and everything. It's it's just super cool. Do you see young people advocating for peace and less conflict in Ireland? Like in anywhere, like before there were the protests for climate change and there'd be certain protests, but we wouldn't have that many compared to other countries. Okay, okay. So these protests would be in regards to climate change? and other human rights like back in like June of 2020 were there any Black Lives Matter protests in Ireland? Um not that I'm entirely aware of I'm pretty sure there were a few except obviously with COVID restrictions there wouldn't have been as many this year but now that you mentioned it I think there were yeah. So I have one more question about peace and conflict and then we'll get to the food questions. I'm so excited. This is very exciting. How can young people help spread awareness to advocate for peace in Ireland? Definitely social media I know I said it before but I like young children nowadays or young people in general using our social media platforms through whatever means 
we have so such an impact that we can create because through our followers and just spreading it out there to people we know and people we don't know. Yeah, no, definitely. And then that's educating the people. And then, yeah, that's making a real difference. What are the most popular dishes in Ireland? Now, is there like a national dish? Um, So we wouldn't have that many traditional dishes, but there's definitely, uh, you've probably heard of some of these, the traditional Irish breakfast. There'd definitely be Irish stew. And then there's um some other ones that would have been more in the past and that people wouldn't have as much now, except relative to our history. Coddle, which is kind of like a stew as well. Bacon and cabbage would have been very popular. Uh, Colcannon is kind of like a mix between mashed potatoes and cabbage but people wouldn't normally have this anymore but one thing that would as I think everyone would know that Ireland is uh, traditionally known for its potatoes so one traditional thing that people still eat nowadays would be bangers and mash so it's Irish sausages with mashed potatoes that's a nice hearty thing in in the winter nice nice and I'm just curious you know hearing these dishes the Irish breakfast bangers and mash these remind me of like British dishes are they Irish or are they British they have similarities obviously because Ireland's traditions would also kind of link in there's also different things like like ham and bacon and cabbage that would have all been back kind of from kind of Celtic times when they would have used like the fia. I don't know if you've heard of that it was a method of cooking before that we would have learned in history it's when they dig a hole in the ground and they fill it with hot water and then and hot stones and they put the stones in the water to heat the water and then they boil something like a ham or some type of meat and they would have left it there to cook and that would have been dating back to however long ago it was when the Celts were here that was many many years ago Um, and even not even just traditional dishes there'd be a lot of just kind of products that Irish people would associate with home when they live abroad like for example I have family that live in America and whenever we go there we always bring I don't know if you've heard of potato crisps they're like potato chips that you know them as it's a kind of it's a brand basically and it's cheese and onion crisps and chips (laughs) (laughs) and uh, we'd always bring those because they'd be kind of a real traditional thing kind of with a sandwich or something same with tea uh, like Barry's tea and lion's tea it's kind of a conflict between the two it's whoever prefers which one you know there's also irish brown bread there's a typical brand called mccambridge's which is very popular as well so they're the kind of things people associate with home you know yeah yeah that's that's really cool dang you gave me a lot of food to think about (laughs) (laughs) i hope you've already had your dinner (laughs) oh no i haven't even had breakfast so this is perfect oh my god the time difference i forgot that sorry actually i want to go back to something that's like talking about the potatoes or like how Ireland is so well known for potatoes. You know, potatoes originated from Peru and Ecuador, right? Like in South America. How do you think potatoes travel all the way from South America to Ireland? I haven't learned that yet, but um, I didn't ever think of it like that. Actually, I would have just thought because um, I would have known that people always ate potatoes because there would have been such a high quantity of potatoes and it would have been a way to keep them full and everything when they're working on the farms and stuff like that. And then obviously when the famine happened, there was the potato blight of people couldn't have potatoes anymore and that was the whole issue and um, so I think that's also why people would be known for potatoes especially with the link to the famine I think because it would be such a popular event in Irish history. The method of digging a hole into the ground and then you put the water in and the hot rocks and then boil it is that still a common method of cooking in Ireland or not anymore? It wouldn't be but um, it's actually something that we saw when we were in um, the Irish National Heritage Centre they have kind of a demonstration of it um, and it's really interesting actually the way that it's all, it all works the, the, to have the hot rocks and you kind of feel like you're back in that time you know. Wow 
And like, how long ago is that 1200s, 1300s, or like even way before? Okay, I'm gonna go back and say it was BC, but I'm not sure. According to this, 600 BC to 43 AD. Actually, uh, one thing, because that's all, that's all the Celtic stuff. It's really interesting to see. I remember there's a place in Dublin called Dublinia. It's like a museum and it's all the Celtic stuff and everything. Um, It's so interesting to see the amount of like artifacts and stuff that they found in Dublin because that's where the Cal- a lot of the Celtic came in through Dublin and there's all these artifacts and everything. So they're all shown in Dublinia. Um, so I'd recommend going there if you're ever in Dublin. But it's a great place because you really realise the amount of history there is. Not only the whole stuff that went on with the 1916 rising and gaining independence for Ireland than the English settlers, but there's also the Celtic settlement and everything beforehand. Wait, so I'm just curious, were the Celts the first settlers of Ireland or was there like another indigenous population there? There would have been people that lived here beforehand as well, I'm pretty sure, but they they then came here and obviously a lot of people would have died, I'm pretty sure when they came here, they would have kind of joined in with the Irish population and they would have been kind of the Gaelic, the traditional Gaelic Irish people. Um, and that's probably where the, obviously the Irish language then came from, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's derived of like Scottish Gaelic or is it is that a completely different language? Uh, Scottish Gaelic is a different language, but Gaelic is like Gaelga is our, the Irish language. And now, even though we still we speak English here, there is still regions in Ireland where there's like little towns called Gaeltochts. They all speak Irish there and all the shops and everything. They'd all be speaking Irish all the time there. So that's actually where the Irish colleges are. They're in Gaeltochts. Ah, OK, OK. That's really cool. OK, now <laughs> I just forgot we were talking about food. <laughs> oh, yeah. What is your favorite Irish dish? Definitely the Irish breakfast, the full Irish breakfast with Clonakilty pudding. Um, I don't know. If, do you have pudding in America? Well, what kind of pudding? <laughs> so it's in America. I, it, it kind of sounds disgusting when you when you say that loud, but it actually tastes very good. And I, if you're a vegetarian, you would not like this. It comes from pig's blood, and they make it together with there's black pudding and there's white pudding. So you have that with your Irish, like traditional Irish sausages. So it's kind of like proper like sausage meat, not like Frankfurt's or whatever. And then there's also proper bacon. So it's kind of like ham more than um, kind of streaky bacon. It's baked beans, like a fried egg, scrambled egg. It's always kind of a choice. Also a nice slice of like Irish brown bread with Irish butter because it has the salt in it, the Irish butter. Yes, so it's really Kerrygold nice. butter. Kerrygold mm. butter is the best. Now, I'm just, wait, is that all to it or is there more? Uh, you can also add things like tomato or mushrooms or there's also, you can sometimes add another things like hash browns and stuff, but that's like the traditional like Irish breakfast. Okay, okay, okay. Now, what's the difference between white pudding and black pudding? Um, Well, obviously one's white and one's black, but there's a different taste. But I, the black pudding has more like pig's blood in it or something. And then the other one has more fat. I, I don't remember the difference between them, but there there is, a, you can really taste the difference and you can also see it as well the black pudding would be very strong taste but it'd still be very nice I like having both (laughs) you like both of them yeah okay and then now you said that there was you could do a fried egg or a scrambled egg which one do you prefer oh I definitely prefer fried egg because you you know like the yolk with it yeah you can do it (laughs) yeah yes man I belong in Ireland so the Irish breakfast is your favorite dish and it's so hard to replace like even though they do it in other places in England they do a similar enough breakfast but it it tastes like home when you you have one in Ireland yeah what's the difference between an Irish breakfast and an English breakfast 
changed. There wouldn't be much difference except the products they use obviously would be from England instead of Ireland. And um, these certain things that they have instead of some, I, I don't know why, and it's such a random thing. And they probably don't even taste that different, but I always feel like the sausages taste different in England. <laughs> that, that is such a random thing. And um, I feel like they probably don't. The bread, definitely Irish brown, McCain Bridges bread. You can't get anything like it anywhere else. Do you have like a special dish or family recipe that gives you like good memories? Um, definitely. Um, my aunt makes this like cottage pie, uh, shepherd's pie. Have you heard of it? You probably have. It's Wait, like cottage pie and shepherd's pie is it? Cottage pie or shepherd's pie. It's kind of shepherd's pie. I can't remember which one it is, but one of them is made with like lamb's meat and then the other is made with beef. And it's kind of like mashed potato on the top and it's a mince in a tomato based sauce. Um, kind of like spaghetti or something and you'd have peas different vegetables like onions carrots are very popular in it as well kind of anything that would also grow in the winter like parsnips things like that then you'd have a layer of mashed potato on top and you can kind of leave the mashed potato on top and leave it at that or you can also put it back in the oven so it kind of becomes crispy on the top and everyone has their different takes on it but I love my answers and so it's really nice <laughs> <laughs> do you prefer it when the mashed potatoes are crispy on top or the other way yeah when it goes back in the oven it's really nice because yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like sometimes if you don't put it back in the oven it almost kind of like sinks into because obviously it's all watery at the bottom because it's mm -hmm. that whole like liquidy tomato sauce so if you just left the mashed potato on top it almost sinks in like obviously you're going to mix it together anyway when you eat it but it almost mm -hmm. just sinks down into it and it's just not the same well, do you prefer cottage pie or shepherd's pie I have to say the one with the beef yeah shepherd's pie <laughs> wait I thought cottage pie was beef oh, oh my cottage God. pie is beef you're right sorry cottage pie well, you're the food expert here <laughs> you're the Irish expert because you're like Irish you know, it's my so aunt cool. has, a, has a really nice recipe for that um I always remember when I was younger she used to live in Kildare in the countryside and um, so it's about an hour from Dublin I just remember going there and it was so nice and cozy in the winter especially having something nice and hearty and then also my granny would make have you heard of trifle trifle isn't that like okay so the funny thing is I watched this thing on British Vogue with Adele and it was her tasting different British dishes and she had like trifle and isn't the trifle like a dessert? Like a really sweet. Yeah. So it's like um jelly kind of at the bottom and you bake it with custard on the top and like whipped cream and different vegetables. Or it's not vegetables, vegetables. fruits, fruits, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> different fruits are all mixed in with the jelly and put it on the fridge to kind of cool down. And my granny makes one oh, it's a, it's very good. <laughs> Wait, so and that's a typical thing that you'd make at Christmas time. So it's really nice. Nice. So you know what's so funny? I've I always thought of trifle to be a cake. Is there like mm -hmm. pieces of cake inside of it or no? Or is it Yeah, actually now that you say that, I'm pretty sure that it's kind of um a sponge. There's a layer of sponge in it. Uh from what I remember. La like actually last year it was really sweet because obviously it was like lockdown kind of last year. My mm -hmm. granny made a bowl of trifle for each kind of like family in my family. So of her kids. So she and she brought it around to everyone. So it was really sweet. That's so sweet. Oh my god, I love that. Do you have any family recipes or like variations of like popular dishes? Like does your family make Irish brown bread any differently compared to other families in Ireland? Or that's just- well, actually my, my uncle has a very good recipe, which he like sent on to me then. And like, I would have made that during lockdown and things like that. Um, a few batches of it. And there's not anything in particular that's different, but I feel like when you make something that's homemade, it just tastes so much nicer. And even the smell of it around the house and stuff, it's so nice, you know? Yeah. It would have actually been a thing that my 
my granny would have said before that she would have remembered it's kind of like a typical thing they would have baked brown bread or like cookies or something in a house before they went to show it to sell it if that makes sense because yeah. everyone loves the smell of kind of home cooking in the house so oh they would God. have baked it in the house to have that smell That's <laughs> so genius. that would have been the thing they did that is so smart now that i think about it and somebody will buy your house like oh my god it smells so nice like that's what estate agents would have done back in the olden days yeah i'm gonna emphasize the when in this question so when i travel to ireland what is one dish that i absolutely cannot miss the irish breakfast the full irish breakfast you have to have it um also all the products that i mentioned before like potato chips and just like it's just especially sorry the irish breakfast i'm gonna say it again it is just something that you can't miss when you're in ireland just a traditional irish breakfast on a cold winter's day as well like it really reminds you of me of like christmas time after you open the presents it's a real kind of a brunch thing like people might have it at 11 or something because it's a big meal but breakfast is the most important part of the day and what better way to start it than having an irish breakfast you know yeah <laughs> absolutely is breakfast the main meal in ireland or is it lunch or dinner um lunch or dinner like it's that's a big like irish breakfast so people would have it as a brunch kind of thing so it's more on special not special occasions but you wouldn't have it like every day before school <laughs> it's a bit time consuming to make it all yeah yeah so like i'm guessing that would be more like a weekend thing or is it like every Sunday? yeah definitely or if it's like yeah like a sunday brunch or like if you're having family over or if it's birthday that kind of thing you know? gotcha gotcha do you always ask for an irish breakfast on your birthday mm, it kind of depends what day of the week my birthday is because if it's a school day i wouldn't have time you know yeah yeah that makes sense that makes sense what does food mean for irish culture would you say that food is important for ireland Definitely. I feel like for any culture, food is such an important part of some people's day because it's the time when the family all gather around together, have their meal and they all have a chat and what they did that day. And I think it's a really nice way to celebrate different traditions and celebrations, not only through traditional food, but just in general, our food and like the meals that we have now would it's such a strong link to our past, if that makes sense, as we all like eat the same food that people would have eaten before us. So I think that's one really nice thing about traditional dishes. Yeah, it's super cool. And then like you get to reconnect with your heritage. It's really a beautiful thing. What dish or food makes you feel like a sense of home? Definitely. I know. Sorry, I'm going to say it again. Irish breakfast. Like <laughs> Irish I, breakfast. I, I, it's just such a nice thing. Like when you come home from being abroad or wherever, even if they have it there, like I even remember because it's like a full breakfast. You can get it kind of in other places too, but the bacon might be different. They might not have pudding. Um, mm. Like the, I, that's one thing actually bacon in other countries is very different because i know in like america you've like the streaky bacon yeah in and the u.s it's like really thin but like super yeah. it's good but yeah had, it's just really different so that's, yeah. it feels like home you know but then like the the bacon in ireland it's more chunky thicker I guess it's kind of like more like ham if that makes sense yeah and it's not as fatty um, is it oh there's still it would still be quite fatty with, and with McCambridge's Irish brown bread like that Irish brown soda bread is so nice or homemade brown bread too wait okay I have to ask you this because I've asked other people this question or like British or Irish what do you put on your baked beans when you have a full Irish wait what do I put on my baked beans would you put like Heinz ketchup or like Worcester sauce or like anything oh <laughs> 
I'd never what? put anything on my baked beans. Like, I know some people mix ketchup in with it sometimes, but I'd never put anything. I put my baked beans on things like toast or that kind of thing or mix it in with my sausages, but I'd never have it by itself. Oh, <laughs> baked, be- baked beans mixed with mashed potatoes and you sear it all. It's such a nice thing. That was such like a suspicious no. Like, why would you ever put Heinz ketchup on I your just, beans? I, I, I never, I just wouldn't think of putting it on it. <laughs> There's actually oh. different things like, because my dad went to boarding school in England, so they would have put mar have you heard of marmite isn't that like vegemite yeah it is that actually i think and um, they would put that on their toast and stuff for breakfast and they would have had different traditions like mushy peas my mom that would be a thing that in her side of family they would have always had that at christmas and then have you heard of bread sauce pretzels bread sauce it's like a white oh, bread sauce, sauce. That you, yeah with christmas dinner i've never heard of that before but keep talking it's like i'm pretty sure i can't remember exactly how they made it but you put like bread in a pot of some sort and you put cream and stuff in it and it make, basically makes this like white sauce that you have with your christmas dinner <laughs> yum that sounds so good oh what's like a typical christmas meal in ireland i'm pretty sure it's like, like really similar to thanksgiving dinner or christmas dinner um in america but but it's your traditional turkey, ham, gravy. Don't forget the gravy. Just different vegetables like peas, carrots, um, mushy peas. What else? Roast potatoes, mashed potatoes. I was about potatoes. to say, you didn't, you didn't say any potato dishes. Oh, and also it's more of an English tradition, but we kind of take traditions from everywhere. But Yorkshire pudding would be um, a big thing. You also have like red cabbage, cranberry sauce, all sorts. <laughs> Man, that sounds so good. Oh, stuffing. Stuffing as well. You can't forget stuffing like stuffing here in the u.s as it like it's like breadcrumbs and like herbs yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah 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 yeah. so let's say someone was going to ireland for vacation actually let's say i'm coming to ireland Mm -hmm. (laughs) where would you recommend me to go if when i was coming to ireland so obviously i live in dublin and i think it's beautiful um one place in ireland that is stunning and i'd go on summer holidays is the west coast so like kerry claire and you can fly into Dublin and it takes maybe four hours to drive there. Like Cork all down the south. The scenery is beautiful. It's called the Wild Atlantic Way. And it is just amazing. Like the cliffs of Moher are there. There's all traditional Irish villages. It's amazing. I love it there. You can also fly into Shannon. It's an airport um, on the west coast. So you wouldn't even have to drive that far. Um, I have to say, I do like the little road trip going down. So <laughs> I bet it's a gorgeous road. Like just mm-hmm. the scenery and everything. Like The old country roads are just gorgeous. Just, there's actually like newer motorways as well so it could get you to Cork in about I'm gonna say like two hours or something but actually last year because we couldn't really travel abroad with COVID and everything I did a little road trip and we drove on all the old roads down to Cork and it was really nice you know because it was the it was the old way that they would have gone back in the day so it was all by the beaches and the sea and stuff and it's amazing, amazing. and the sand like I felt like I was abroad somewhere else like the sand is amazing it's so like white the sand you know wait so in Ireland they're not like pebble beaches they're sand beaches um it depends there would be pebble beaches too and all like rocks like even one of the beaches that I went to when I was in Clare it's kind of almost it's not a beach at all really actually it's more like a bathing spot where you would have had these like I don't even know, know what type of rocks but it's almost it's all cliffs in Clare and then there's these all like these dark black rocks that you'd go swimming off and it's almost like the water comes in and makes these like little swimming pools <laughs> no um, way. so that was really cool actually and then there'd be all these different white sandy beaches and there's some really good spots for surfing actually on the west coast like I don't know if you've heard of the Hinch 
and they'll be very popular for surfing. It's a town in Clare and there's loads of different spots for surfing and for sailing and stuff. And then also in Clare, actually, you can get a little boat out to these islands called the Iron Islands. And they'd be like big enough, but they'd be very like small, relatively speaking. And people would live on these islands and they'd get a boat back and forth if they had to get things on the mainland. Or So it's very interesting. That's so cool. There's also an island called Skellig Michael. Um, I went and visited it when I was in Kerry and there used to be an old monastery there and the monks would have lived on this island as a way to kind of um, escape from the rest of the world. And they actually filmed the new Star Wars um, on Skellig Michael. I was, okay, so that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. These islands are absolutely stunning. Okay, that picture is gorgeous. It's like a picture with a cobblestone house that's like kind of like run down, but it's like mm-hmm. just the ruins of it. Um, and then like the, the cliffs, I have to go to Ireland. I just, ha- I just have to. The ruins are great, actually. Like, there's even a, there's an old monastery um, near enough to where I live. It's about an hour away. It's, we're not even an hour. It's about 40 minutes. Um, in Wicklow, it's called Glendalough. And it's this amazing, like, lake. And there's all these amazing, like, hiking routes you can walk around near there. And there's the whole old monastery and the church. And it's really interesting. That's incredible. Okay, so I have this one last question. It's kind of a scenario. So I want you to think about it a little bit. Imagine you met someone that has never ever heard of your country ever before that didn't even know it existed if you could tell them one thing about ireland what would you tell them so i would tell them that ireland is a beautiful country with gorgeous scenery but also with beautiful people and they're so welcoming and they have so much to offer is that a good answer yeah that's great so this interview is all done thank you oh, great. so much for doing this no week. worries had so much fun. How do you say thank you in Irish? Oh, um, Gurav Mila Magat. Never mind. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, do you, here, I'll say it, sir. Gurav Mila Magat. Gurav Mila Magat. Gur Gorev. Gur Gorev. Mila. Mila. Ma. Ma. Agat. Ma Agat. Gurav Mila Magat. Gur Gorev Mila Magat. <laughs> you're getting there oh also there's shanakal in, in irish we have these like shanakals that we'd learn in class and they're kind of like old sayings so there's one in irish that i have here about food it's ma on tonlin on tukris which means it's kind of like hunger is the best sauce yeah yes hu- wait hunger is the best sauce or source sauce like it's sauce. yeah yeah you've, it, you've heard of it in english i'd say there's loads of shanakals though and they're really interesting actually some of the direct translations are kind of a bit strange but <laughs> Like Nilain Tinton Mard Hinton Fain is like there's no place like home. It directly translates to there's no fire like your own fire. Because it's kind of like the fire that you have in your home, you know? That's so cool. Irish sounds so interesting. And I think it's kind of interesting that like a lot of people I don't feel like I've ever realized that in Ireland, like you guys have your own language, like that's not English, yet people still see it as like it's an English speaking country. I mean, isn't it a bilingual nation? Both languages are official official languages. Yeah, technically, they're both actually official languages and they're both in the Irish constitution as well. It'll be written in both languages. So we'd have, um, even though English would obviously be the dominant language, we'd also have all these signs around, like everywhere, the airport, all these places, even road signs, they'd all have the Irish translation underneath. That is so cool. Okay, wait. Gurgorev got You're getting there. You're so close. Okay, dang it. Thank you for listening to my Global Youth's Perspective podcast. My goal is to share insight into the lives and cultures of my friends around the world, and hopefully we can listen to each other, bridge our differences, 
and make this world a better place.